Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. You can find it also um, in the Pew Bible on page 528. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be wary of his reproof, for the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. This is God's word. Thank you, Tina. Let's pray. Gracious God, again, what an incredible privilege to open your word and hear from you. Would it be so this morning? Would you speak? Would, you, would our hearts be ready to hear and to be changed? We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning we've kept our children uh, in the worship service with us the whole time instead of sending them down to kids' worship as our normal practice, not just because we're commemorating our 40th anniversary, uh, though that's part of it, but because we're talking about how the gospel of Jesus helps us honor our parents. So we, uh, our, our series this year is we've called The Gospel for All of Life, and so we're asking ourselves, what difference does the good news of Jesus make for every aspect of life? We're convinced that if we're going to be a people centered on the gospel, and we're convinced that, that if God has really done what he says he's done through Jesus, that that should change everything, and that should give us guidance for every aspect of life, whether it's a, uh, what we do at work, or in the church, or in our own hearts, and of course, what we do at home in our family relationships. And so we've talked so far uh, about how the gospel shapes singleness, uh, how it shapes marriage. Last week, Pastor Bruce talked about how the gospel shapes parenting. And today we're going to look at how the good news of Jesus helps us honor our parents. Now, some of you are thinking, how awkward is this? I have to sit and listen to a sermon about being a good kid with my parents right there taking notes next to me. I mean, I'm not going to get away with anything anymore, right? Well, just to even the playing field, make things a little more awkward, I have to preach a sermon about honoring parents with my parents sitting right here in the second row of the congregation. So uh, I should have rearranged the schedule or something. Though no doubt, uh, they're thinking, you know, glorious vindication, finally, you know. <laughs> the day has come. 
only he would have listened to a sermon on honoring parents when he was a kid instead of waiting to preach one when he's an adult. Uh, and, and to be honest, that's pretty much the truth. You know, I was not a model child. We will not necessarily have occasion for stories later on or anything, but um, you can <clears throat> take my word for it. I was, you know, I was pretty compliant as long as someone was watching. Uh, but I was not always good. I did not always honor my parents or, or treat them uh, as they deserved. I didn't always listen or respect them. In high school, my modus operandi was basically to try and argue them to death until I could get my way. Uh, and even after I became a Christian late in high school, uh, I didn't really change the way that I treated my parents. It was kind of one of the last parts of my life that the Lord really kind of got a hold of in helping me uh, understand. I thought I knew better. I took their love and their care for granted, for which I'm deeply sorry. Uh, they're gracious parents. They've forgiven me. Uh, but I remember in college, the first time that I decided I was going to respect my parents' decision and not argue with them over something that I was ask, asking permission to do. No clue if they remember this or not. But I had wanted to go on a mission trip to Zambia that summer after my sophomore year in college. A lot of my friends were going. It was going to be awesome. It was a great way to serve the Lord, and I really wanted to go. And so, but I'd also been pretty convicted at what a bad job I'd been doing at honoring my parents. And so I decided in advance, and I you know, told them, I'm going to ask your permission, but I want you to know I'm going to respect your opinion, whatever you decide. I'm not going to argue with you, okay? And uh, it took them a while to wrestle with that and give me an answer. And when the time came that I needed an answer, and the answer was no, I couldn't go, I thanked them for considering it, and, and that was that. And no manipulating, no arguing. I accepted their counsel freely for probably the first time in my life. And I, I, we've never talked about this. So, and, I, and again, I don't know if they remember. They must have been in shock, though, because they apologized for two weeks for telling me no after that. Uh, but it was okay. I had learned to trust and obey them. Even though as an adult, you know, I'm, I'm still called to honor my parents. I'm not called to obey them as an adult in the same way. But even as an adult, their influence in my life is actually stronger now than when I was a child. Uh, my love and respect for them is deeper, as is my desire to honor them, which is kind of a cruel trick when you think about it. Because it's that thing that you don't really appreciate what you have until you no longer have it. If only I could have gotten that through my head when I was still in their home. Um, well, if you are young and still in your parents' home or your grandparents or your guardians, whatever your situation is, I would spare you that regret this morning, as would the book of Proverbs, which is what we're going to look at. And what we're going to see is that parents are God's design for our good. Parents are God's design for our good. God has designed the family in such a way that our parents give us the guidance and nurture and care and discipline that we need for our good and ultimately, as we're going to see, to help us learn how to treat God. That's what's at stake. Which means in Scripture, God calls us to honor and to love and to trust and to obey our parents. 
something that we can really only do with Jesus' help. So if you're taking notes in the children's bulletin this morning, pencils are in front of you. That was kind of a half of an invitation, half of a suggestion. Uh, But if you're taking notes in the children's bulletin this morning or in the adult bulletin, whatever, uh, the first point this morning is that parents give us rules for our good. Parents give us rules for our good. The book of Proverbs is full of a lot of fatherly advice. Uh, It's a collection of life lessons, uh, things that kings like Solomon uh, and others had learned by observing how life works and studying the law of Moses and reflecting on life and, and collecting these things to then pass on to their son in particular, the one who would become king, so that they would be a wise king and, and to children in general so that children can learn how to honor God and live fruitful lives. And in fact, if you kind of just skim through Proverbs, it's interesting to see how many sections begin by, with the address, my son. This is fatherly advice here. So, for instance, chapter 1, verse 7. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. 2, verse 1. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments. Or chapter 4, verse 1. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction. And 5, verse 1. My son, be attentive to my wisdom. You kind of get the point. There's a lot of fatherly advice collected in this book. And chapter 3 that we're looking at is no exception. It starts in verse 1 like this. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. God wants children to listen to their parents' instruction to guard it and to keep it and to do it, to hold fast and obey. But why? Why why should a child listen to their parents or or follow their parents' rules? Uh, If you ask children why their parents have rules, there's bound to be all sorts of interesting answers. You get to that question. Uh, I tried it out on one of my kids this week. And the answer I got with a somewhat sheepish sheepish smile was, so that we don't have fun. (laughs) They're pointing fingers right now at each other who who said that. Now, Joshua was joking, at least I think so, when he said that. But that's often what we think, right? Uh, When we're really little, we, we just don't really know why our parents have rules, but as we get older, we kind of start to think that that our parents are actually trying to ruin our lives. That's that's their goal. And and so we we think that we know better than them and that their rules are stupid or lame and and that I can't wait to be an adult when I can make the rules, you know, and, and I can download whatever app I want and watch whatever movie I want and so on and so forth. But but look again at Proverbs three. Why do parents teach their children? It's for their good. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. And here's the reason. For length of days and years of life and peace 
they will add to you. So in other words, so that life will go well. That's the goal. It's for our good. Now, it's important to remember that in Proverbs, what we have here is not a list of promises so much as a list of principles of how life usually works. And so it's not so much a, if you do A, B is the guaranteed result. Um, but, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that there's not going to be suffering in life. Uh, but it does mean that generally speaking, if you live wisely, life will go better. And part of wisdom is listening to your parents. Uh, which is hard for some of us to believe, you know. Uh, it, it's hard to believe, but the fact is that, that your parents have lived longer and have had more life experience, which means that they actually do know more than you. Mind-blowing to consider. And that they know how life generally works. Things that we haven't had a chance to learn. For instance, you know, a toddler has not yet learned that if you walk out into a street, you might get hit by a car and die. They haven't lived enough life to know that. Your parents have, and so they teach you rules like don't play in the street. Or when you break that rule, they discipline you to teach you to listen to that rule. Not because they want to keep you from playing and having fun, but because they want to keep you safe. Now we get that when it comes to things like that with, with toddlers and such, but Again, as we get older, it, we have a lot harder time seeing uh, that when it comes to other things that we want to do or that we don't want to do. Why do I have to go to school? Why can't I watch that movie? Why can't I stay over at that friend's house? Or why can't I date someone or date that person or, or so on? Why, why can't I just have the money? Why do I have to work for the money? I just want to have it. Why do I have to be home by 10 o'clock? That's so 7th grade. I'm an 8th grader now or whatever. You know, why do I have to go to church? You hate me. That's it, isn't it? You want to ruin my life. That, that's what we think. And, and it's even easier to make that conclusion when we break the rules and end up being disciplined for it. You know, we, we get, find ourselves grounded or losing screen for a week or, or getting our cell phone taken away or the car taken away or being banned from Facebook for a month or whatever. Um, we think our parents hate us when in reality they are instructing us and disciplining us out of love for our good. To help us learn not only that there are consequences in life for doing wrong, but that living wisely honors God and is really a much more fulfilling way to live. So if you think of your favorite board game, for instance, how much fun is it to play a board game without any rules? You know, if you just ignored them or made up your own. Uh, every now and then when we're playing board games at home, Chloe, our two-year-old, wants to play with us. And, and there's a couple of games that are simple enough that she does good with. But most of the time, she just moves the pieces around the board for about two minutes, and then she's bored and done and gone. And yet, so, so why is it that Joshua and I can play Lord of the Rings Risk for literally days on end to finish a game? It, where's that perseverance come from? Where's that enjoyment come from? Well, it comes because we're playing according to the rules, and the rules actually give shape 
and purpose to the game. The game was designed with a purpose in mind, and the rules help you move toward that. They actually free you to have fun with what you're doing. We think that if we could just make up the rules or ignore them, we could have a lot more fun playing. But the opposite is true in reality. A game is meaningless without any rules. And the same is true for life. God designed life with a purpose to be lived a certain way, and there will be no ultimate or lasting joy in life if you live it out of step with God's purpose. There will be no lasting joy in it. And the rules show us what that design is like, how it's supposed to work. The rules by themselves do not give us any strength to actually keep them. We need Jesus and the cross and the power of his spirit for that. But they do show us the way to go according to God's plan. That's why God gives us parents, and that's why parents give us rules. They're for our good. We don't always understand why they make the rules that they do, but we can trust that they almost always do so for our good. Again, that doesn't mean parents don't make mistakes. You can just interview my children if you need more information on that. But it does mean that God wants us to trust and obey them, even if we don't understand where they're coming from. Because there's going to come a day when we're faced with God's rule or instruction. And those don't always make sense either. And we're going to be faced with a question. Am I going to trust and obey God even if I think his rule is lame or don't understand it? Or am I going to lean on my own understanding and ignore God and make my own rules because I think I'm going to have more fun in life that way? And we all are faced with that question. How we treat our parents trains us for how to treat God. How we treat our parents trains us for how to treat God. And that's the second point, if you're taking notes, that God gives us parents to help us trust God and obey God. God gives us parents to help us trust and obey God. So look at uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 8 with me. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. This is the most important instruction a parent can give a child. The the fact that life is not really about trusting and obeying your parents, but that that is actually a pathway to learning to trust and obey God with all of life. Not just with part of your heart or part of your life, but with all of your heart. Everything you are, everything you have, everything you do, living all of life in accordance with God's plan, because that's what honors God and treats him as God, the way he deserves to be treated. And that's what's best for you. That's what's best for you. And trusting and obeying our parents trains us to trust and obey God. You know, it's interesting if you look back at the Ten Commandments in Exodus, uh, in Exodus 20, the, the Ten Commandments are often 
um, designated or laid out in two tables. The first table being commands about how we treat God. The second table being commands about how we treat each other. But guess what the fifth commandment is, which is part of the first table on how we treat God. The fifth commandment is honor your father and mother. How we treat our parents trains us in how to treat God. Uh, We saw the importance of that in the parents' role last week again when Pastor Bruce uh, took us through Ephesians 6, uh, verse 4 in particular. The call not to provoke your children, but to train them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And so parents are called to, to train their kids that way, and kids are called to obey their parents as a way of learning how to obey God. But Okay, so, so what if my parents aren't Christians, though? Do I still have to obey them then? Well, they're still your parents, aren't they? They're still part of God's design for your good. Um, you don't have to be a Christian to genuinely love and want, want what's best for your kids. And so... So regardless of that, we're still called to this kind of obedience and trust. Uh, What if my parents are abusive? What if they hurt or or touch me in ways that they're not supposed to? Well, if that's the case, then you need to tell an adult that you trust. Uh, God is not okay with that. Honoring your parents doesn't mean letting them do those kinds of things, or any adult for that matter. That's not what God is saying here. He's calling us to honor our parents. And most of us, the question is, is not that, but, but how we honor our parents who are actually seeking our best and seeking to do good. Even if they don't do it perfectly, that's what they want. And trusting and obeying our parents, even when we don't understand them, prepares us to trust and obey God even when we don't understand him. And that is... If you can imagine it, that's a common part of walking with Christ. There are times where we just do not get what God is doing. Or we do not like what we read in the Bible about what he calls us to. But again, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. It's okay if it doesn't all make sense. Be not wise in your own eyes. Don't think you know more than God does. Fear the Lord Turn away from evil. Believe that God knows what he's doing and that what he's doing is for your good. He will make your path straight. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. God wants what's best for his children. God wants what's best for his children. He really does love us more than we can ever imagine. And sin and disobedience really are dangerous for us like playing in the street, which is why when we ignore or disobey God and and he disciplines us for our sin, it might hurt, but we know that he's acting out of love for our good. Verse 11 here, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof, for the Lord reproves him whom he loves. He corrects the children whom he loves. As a father, he reproves the son in whom he delights. It's because of his love for you that he brings that discipline into your 
life, just as parents do with, the ch- with, with their child when, when they're not obeying or when they're doing something that's not helpful or that's actually hurtful to them. Our love compels us not to let them keep going down that road and to do what it takes to help them see that. It's out of love. And so parents are God's design for our good. And that greatest good is knowing and loving God himself. It's the greatest good that comes from, wa- from obeying our parents. And all of this is extremely hard. And, you know, believe it or not, your parents know how hard it was. They were once children themselves, and uh, they know how difficult it can be. The reality is that we are all of us, both you and your parents, are sinners, which means that we don't always get it right. Uh, we make mistakes. We say things that we shouldn't and, and so on. And it's hard to trust someone if you don't agree with them or if you don't understand where they're coming from. And so, so trusting and obeying our parents, it's tough. And that's exactly where the good news of Jesus comes in. It's exactly where the gospel of who Christ is and what he's done for us in his life, his death, and his resurrection, that's where this now makes all of the difference. Because even though none of us are perfect children, and we've all rebelled against our parents, we've all rebelled against God, there was one child who never did that. Only one. One son who walked in perfect obedience to his father all of his days, and he did that not so that he could stand there and go, nana, nana, boo-boo to all you sinful kids out there. He did that so that he could take our place and bear the punishment we deserved and so that we could join him in his place as a beloved child of God. I mean, if you think about what Jesus was called to do as a child, as a son, as the son, that didn't make much sense. Step into your creation, become one of them so that they can reject you and despise you and ignore you and betray you and kill you. That doesn't make sense. But think about what Jesus accomplished by keeping his father's will which, by the way, they planned together before the creation of the world. Go to them so that you can love them and rescue them and show them what it really means to live and to love and to obey me. So bring them back into the game. Show them how the game was meant to be played and how much more joyful and meaningful life is when it's played according to design. And that's what Jesus did. He rescues us and he restores us. He lived a perfect life of obedience to his heavenly father in our place as our representative, as our savior, so that we get the credit for his righteous life and he takes the blame for the mess that we've made. Willingly, joyfully laying his life down on the cross to bear the holy anger of his father and cleanse us of our sin. And so every mistake that we've made in life, every lie that we've told our parents, every rule that we've broken, 
every time we've rolled our eyes or ignored their words because we knew better. Anything that we've done, whether to our parents or anybody else, but especially to God, Jesus died for on the cross. The Son of God gave his life so that we could become sons and daughters of God. We who who were sinful and didn't deserve it. That's what his love did. And so trusting Jesus not only rescues us from the penalty of sin, it actually then gives us strength to play the game the way it's supposed to be, to live life according to God's word, which includes honoring our parents. If you are having a hard time with that, with trusting or obeying your parents, there are regularly sparks flying at home and, and, and whatnot. And if you're not sure, ask your parents. They will tell you. Uh, if that's so, and, and regardless of, of how, how intense it is, for all of us, what you need more than anything is not to try harder to be a good little boy and girl so that you get in trouble less or your parents look better or you look better. That's not, that's not what this is about. What you need more than anything else is to trust and depend on Jesus. Remember that your value and significance as a child doesn't come from your behavior or performance for your parents or for anyone else. It's not your grades. It's not whether or not you've managed to avoid the swear jar for two weeks or whatever it is. That's not your identity and your value. Your value comes from Christ's performance for you. That's who you are. That's your significance before God. And remember that the shame of your mistakes, whatever they might be, are covered by the blood of Christ. There is forgiveness and a fresh start every single day. Every single day. Remember that there's nothing that you might want in life that can compare to the satisfaction that comes from knowing and walking with Jesus. It doesn't matter how long your Christmas list is and whether anything ever gets bought on it, there's no greater desire and satisfaction than Christ. And remember that when you try to obey, that Jesus is with you, that his spirit is in you, and that he can give you the strength to do something that you couldn't do on your own if you will trust him, if you will seek him. If you will stop right there, pray, remember the gospel, ask Jesus to help you to love your parents. And you will be amazed what effect it has on your relationship with your parents. If all of a sudden you decide that, you know what, from now on, I'm going to honor them. I'm going to respect them, even if I don't like what comes of it. You will be amazed. The more that we love Jesus, the more we will love and honor our parents. Because Jesus is the obedient son. He's able to help us grow in love and obedience toward our parents. That took me a long time to learn. But it is a lesson we must learn. It's for our good and it is for God's glory. So let's pray to that end. Gracious God, 
we confess that before you we all stand as guilty children caught with our hand in the cookie jar, ignoring your word, doing what we want. Lord, we confess that since the fall, that is how humanity has treated you. And Lord, we ask your forgiveness. Lord, we recognize that you are good and that though we don't always see it, we want to see it more and we want to believe it more and we want to walk with you. And I pray that you would help us do that. And I pray especially for our children. Lord, would you fill their heart with a love for Christ that is so big that they want to do what is right. Not not because of what they get out of it, but because they love Jesus and there's nothing better. And I pray that you would guard and grow the relationships in this congregation, in our families. That we would learn to trust and obey you as we love one another. And thank you that you've not left us to ourselves to figure that out, but that you've given us your word and you've given us your son and you've given us your spirit. We praise you for that and we pray that we would walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen.